Welcome to the Way Church Service at Greystone with Pastor John. We invite you to join us at 1 Oakley Avenue in North Providence, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented to you by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. Now, you know, you're going to run out of fast, right? Look at them smiles back there. Look at Come on. That's better. That's, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not even going to have to ask anymore. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the Way Church Service at Greystone. I'd like to thank everyone for coming out this morning to get a portion of God's Word. Amen? First and foremost, let's thank our Lord and Savior this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for making all this possible for us by going to the cross, shedding his blood for the forgiveness of our sins, and becoming the final sacrifice for our sins so we can have a new life, eternal life, spiritual life, and a new purpose here on planet Earth for all who believe in the one and only Son of God. We gather here to learn about our Creator and find our purpose here and use it to glorify God and to serve our Lord and Savior and one another. This ministry has a goal, and that is to grow spiritually and start to handle life God's way. Not our way, God's word, which is the Bible, becomes the owner's manual to our lives. And we study it, read it, and apply it to see how God wants us to live, how to think, how to act, how to serve, how to treat ourselves and others. Thank you, Jesus. Each part of his body is very precious to God. One body? Many parts. Many parts. <laughs> I want to personally welcome all these to the way. We depend on God's grace, not our own power, to accomplish his will for our lives. Also want to say hi to all our family of watching from the live feed who can't be here with us this morning. If you'd like to worship with us, through unity of the Spirit together this morning, we love you all and thank you for your continued support. And also, if you have a cell phone, can you please silence it or put it on vibrate so it doesn't disturb this morning's service? And we will start with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, thank you for allowing us this beautiful day and this beautiful opportunity to gather together as your family, to worship, to honor, and to glorify you, Lord, and to place your name above all names, Lord, even our own, as all of us fight to put you first in our lives, Lord. Help us always to remain humble and teachable, like clay in your hands, Lord, so you can mold us and shape us into the image of your Son, so we can glorify you and bring others into your kingdom, Lord. And we're just so grateful for all your generous provisions, that you provide for us each and every day to meet our needs. Never let us lose sight of that, Lord. And thank you for all the blessings you give us every day, especially the gift of salvation, Lord. Undeserved, Lord. We're just so grateful for that free gift and that seal from the Holy Spirit, Lord, that guarantees us a home in heaven when we pass on from this life into the next, Father. Thank you that it's not based on our performance, but it's based on our faith and our belief, Lord. Thank you for understanding us, 
and help us to understand you more and more each day, Lord. We pray for the people who are sick and suffering and might not be feeling well, that you touch their lives, Lord. Reach out and let them know you're with them. You'll never leave them nor forsake them. And we also pray that the message goes out beyond the four walls and brings salvation to someone this morning through your word, Father. And as always, let it all be led by your spirit, Lord, and not our flesh. And it's in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. All right, we're going to stand and worship the Lord.
Beautiful song. She has a beautiful voice. Beautiful people. Beautiful church. One body. Many parts. All right. We're going to continue our study on God's unconditional love this morning. But first, let's turn to John chapter 13. I'm going to start there. As always, the Holy Spirit will be taken over as I go into these scriptures. So please clear your minds and prepare your hearts to receive the message the Spirit is trying to say to the church this morning. Amen? Amen. Okay. And I know it's Pastor Appreciation Day, but I'll tell you what. I appreciate you just as much. Amen? Amen. I love you all. We all need each other. We're all one team here. No one's better than anybody else. We're all equal in God's eyes. Well, his broken little children, he's putting us all back together. One piece at a time. Hallelujah. That. Nothing that we do, we just have to accept it. and Let him do the work he needs to do in us. All right, let me get there myself here. So excited. John chapter 13. I'm excited when the word of God goes out there. Because there's such a shortage of it out in the world. Shortage of truth out there. But this church is always going to proclaim it. Amen? Amen. All right. Chapter 13. She got us in verse 31. Let's see what we got here. We'll go there. Well, Jesus, Jesus predicts Peter's denial. John chapter 13, verse 31. There is a blue card inside the pew to help you along with the scriptures as we move along in them. As soon as Judas left the room, Jesus said, the time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory, and God will be glorified because of him. And since God receives glory because of the Son, he will give his own glory to the Son, and he will do so at once. Dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. As I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I am going. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So how do people know that we belong to Jesus? By the love we show one another. How about a big amen there? And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. That fits perfect. That's confirmation. Simon Peter asked, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus replied, You can't go with me now, but you will follow me later. But why can't I come now, Lord, he asked. I'm ready to die for you. Oh boy. <laughs> Jesus answered, Die for me? I tell you the truth, Peter. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you'll deny three times that you even know me. Now, did God ever lose faith in Peter? No. After that, after the devil sifted him, he used him mightily to even help build his church, right? And on this rock, I will build my church. Peter wasn't the rock. Jesus is the rock. Amen? Yeah. All right. That was a beautiful scripture there. All right. 
Let's talk about accepting God's unconditional love for you this morning. How about that? Sometimes it's hard for us to accept things because of what we know where we are inside. God's love is unconditional, okay? It is a central part of our Christian faith. And the reason behind our hope in the gospel message. But so often we can easily forget that. We can know in our minds that God offers unconditional love to us, but still live, live ruled by our hearts of fear. Are you striving to be better in order to please God? When you make a mistake or are plagued with distractions, do you feel like he's upset with you? Does your faith feel like an uphill journey, sliding backwards or making small steps forward? We all go through this. You're not alone with these feelings. But it's not supposed to be this way. Psalm 103 verse 12 tells us, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. How about a big amen there? Amen. He doesn't see us. Once you are in a relationship with Christ, this is true for you always. Because of Christ, God has completely removed all your sins and failures. How about a big amen? Past, present, and future. By the blood of Jesus. Now, accepting this love, how would your life be different if you went through each day truly knowing that God loves you unconditionally? Take a moment to think through that question. This truth can change how you see yourself, your everyday life, and the people around you. Unconditional love offers freedom and rest with no strings attached. That's the beauty of it. Only out of that space can you truly see transformation. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, please. Is everybody with me so far here? We don't want to lose anybody so early in the message. <laughs> okay. We need to understand that unconditional love because, you know, when we fail, the devil always tries to take the battle and make us feel like we're unworthy of that and beat us up. And, and it ruins our testimony because we get miserable instead of joyful. See, the joy is knowing that he's not counting our sins against us anymore. All he sees is his son in us. The devil wants us to keep seeing our sins and failures and not seeing our salvation and our transformation that already took place when Jesus died on the cross for us. How about a big amen there? Amen. All right, 2 Corinthians 5, look at verse 21. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be an offering for our sin, or to become sin itself. So that we could be made right with God through Christ. So he took all our sins so we could be made right with God through Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen there? In Christ, you are the righteousness of God. When God looks at you, he sees the perfection of Jesus. This joyous truth comes from the cross. Jesus took our broken hearts 
and exchange them for his perfect one. God loves you not because of your actions, but because Jesus made you righteous. God isn't mad at you because you are completely forgiven. His love is unconditional because it is a forgiving love. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to talk about love this morning. How many of us need a lot of love? Yeah, we do. We're not talking about human love here. This is one of the most familiar scriptures preached. Ephesians chapter 2, go to verse 8. Already a second can get there. God saved you by His grace when you started doing the right thing, or when you became good. No, it's not in there, is it? We think that, but it says when you believed, and you can't take any credit for this. It is a gift from God. Now we have to understand that salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done or continue to do, so none of us can boast about it. So that knocks out our pride and keeps us humble. Now, let me go on and read verse 10, like everybody should. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Why? So we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. See, our sin nature stops us from doing God's will. So what did he have to do? He had to save us from our sin nature so we could accomplish God's will. That's the gift of salvation. So we could change and do his will, what, we were very, what all of us were created to do from the beginning. Can I get an amen here? So we can do the good things he planned. Our sin nature wants us to do good things for ourselves. Our new nature wants us to do good things for who? Jesus. These two things are constantly fighting each other, so we are not free to carry out our good intentions, it tells us in Galatians 5. Am I the only one that struggles with this? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is what? Weak. So even though we want to do good by God, we find ourselves in this flesh that still wants, it's selfish, that still wants its own way, and still wants to do things that pleases itself. But as we grow as Christians, we start to love ourselves less and less, and we start to love Jesus more and more, so that when we do love ourselves, we love ourselves for the right reason, to glorify God. Can I get an amen here? Amen. Unconditional love. We love ourselves unconditionally. No matter when we, you know that song it just says, if we fall, we fall together, but when we rise, we rise together. So it says if we are going to fall, but we have to understand that we're also going to rise. And when we do, we're going to glorify God and thank Him for the forgiveness and the unconditional love and the salvation that He gave us so we can keep moving forward. How about an amen there? Thank you, Jesus. This love and forgiveness is a gift. A gift that should be accepted rather than doubt it. 
The devil tries to create doubt. How could he love me? I can't even do the right thing. I can't, I can't even read the Bible right. I can't even get that right. I can't do this right. I can't do that right. No. God says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And Christ is the word of God. We have to understand what says, I'm in Christ. That means I'm in the word. Now, we can be obedient not because we have to. We can be obedient out of freedom to be obedient. We're not free to do the right thing when our sin nature held us in bondage to do the wrong thing. So we are also called to become more like Jesus and less like the world around us. Only when you accept God's unconditional love can you truly obey him in a way that is transformational. Can I get an amen on that? Rather than trying to follow Christ out of fear and shame, knowing God's unconditional love allows for freedom and an abundant life. This love can go with you each day because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us, like it tells us in Romans 5, verse 5. It sounds like it's too good to be true. It does. But it's supernatural. But that is the beauty of the gospel. Go forward with joy. He has created you in his image. How about a big amen there? All right, so let's talk about this unconditional love. There's different types of love in the Bible, okay? The Bible states that God so loved the world that he gave his son to die for our sins. So the love of God is clearly stated in the word, but many ask, is the love of God unconditional? Yes, it is. And you need more to know about God's love and what he says and, his, and what he hates. We'll see what the Bible says as we further examine the unconditional love of God, okay? Let's look at the four types of love, okay? The first one in the Greek is agape love, okay? Agape love is Greek, is considered the highest form of love. It represents divine, unconditional love, loving another by choice, not an obligation. The love of God towards humanity is expressed through agape love, 1 Corinthians 13 and John 3.16. We understand that now. Now the second kind of love is storge love. Okay? It's a Greek word for love that describes familial love. Love between parents and children, siblings, husbands, and wives. Storge love naturally develops as bonds are created. Okay? It is protective loyal, selfless, and withstands many ups and downs, like the love we have for our children. <laughs> many ups and many downs. Or for our wives and husbands, many ups and many downs. Right? <laughs> then we... <laughs> we're going to be real here, right? Okay. The third one, phileo love. Phileo love describes genuine affection and brotherly love. Okay, it develops when friends are devoted and delighted in honoring each other. It is the kind of love we ought to exhibit towards friends, neighbors, and others as if they were our family. How about an amen there? That's phileo love. Now the last one is eros love or euros love. It illustrates God's design for intimacy. 
passion and connection in marriage. Okay? Eros love is a word to express sexual love shared by a husband and wife who are joined together in marriage. This description of love is best reflected in the Song of Solomon. When the husband and wife are intimately connected and attracted to one another. So now we understand the four types of love. So what makes love unconditional? The definition of unconditional love is without restrictions or limits, okay? Unquestioning. How can you be certain of unconditional love and where can you find it? There is one true source of this kind of love and it's in God. If we want to learn to love others unconditionally, we must look to God who is the perfect source of love. I didn't know what unconditional love was until I met Jesus. How about you? If I'm honest, I may never fully understand how God can still love me even when I do things that sever our relationship. Yet, Jesus allows us to experience the love of the Father through his death. Do you want to love people unconditionally? All right. Here are the things we talked about, okay? I'm going to go down the line quickly. The first one, God never runs out of unconditional love. Two, unconditional love makes sacrifices. We talked about this. If you want to get deeper into it, go back into the website and get these scriptures. Three, you don't have to earn unconditional love. It's a gift. Four, you just have to accept it. How many of us have a hard time accepting things? You know, we're good at giving and doing it, but when somebody, to accept something from somebody, sometimes we feel uncomfortable when somebody wants to give us a gift to somebody. We just feel like we're not worthy to get it. We just have to accept it. The fifth one, you can never lose unconditional love. Thank you, Jesus. Six, to be like Christ, you have to love unconditionally. That's the goal. Seven, unconditional love means surrendering your expectations. Eight, when you love yourself freely, you are free to love others unconditionally. You cannot give somebody else something you do not possess. When you finally understand God's unconditional love to you, you can start to love people unconditionally. But if your love is based on conditions, you're going to put your love for other people on conditions. So we have to get to know God's unconditional love. And that's what we're teaching on. All right, the ninth one. This is where we left off. When you lay down your life for God, you pick up his unconditional love. When you lay down your life for God is when you pick up your unconditional love from God. Fitness. Shopping, alcohol, drugs, promiscuity. These are all ways we try to fill the God-shaped hole that is deep in our hearts. But when we surrender our desire to be loved, God meets us in a way that satisfies our deep need to be loved and known. When we try to control God by taking control of certain areas of our lives, it poses a barrier between us and God. Because his love is foreign, it is difficult for us to grasp. The same love we long for is available to us in Jesus. But we refuse to lay down our control. How many of us still control freaks? Don't answer that. 
<laughs> Thank God for his grace and mercy. Right? Yet, when we give up everything to Jesus, listen now, when you're all in, even the people and things we hold most dear, he fills us with an unexplainable love. You can't figure it out. It's unexplainable. When that love fills our hearts, we cultivate the fruits of the Spirit. And from our lives pour out love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And that's a life we could all be proud of. Just imagine if your life was full of that every day. Right? The fruits of the Spirit. You realize you have it, right? How many times are we going to tell you this? You have all them fruits. But we have some rotten fruit from our flesh. That's selfish fruit. And I don't want to go back in Galatians 5 and read all that stuff. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Go read it for yourself and you could probably check off half of them, at least. Okay? But for the sake of time, I won't go there. Just take a sermon just to figure, just to go into that. Our selfish ways. Go with me to John 15. How many of you want all that? How many of us want all that in our lives? You want that fruit? Well, you already have it. Guess who's in the way? Of, guess who's in the way of it? It's not the world. It's not your job. It's not your wife. It's not your kids. I gotta get a mirror. We stop us. We stop it from happening. But we like to blame everything else. We're the last person. The, la the last place we go is in the mirror to look for what's causing all the problems in our lives. But when you look in the mirror, then you see it's all up here. We're the problem. Jesus is the solution, which is the word of God, and the result is a what? A miracle. I stand here before you this morning as a miracle from God, from Jesus. Oh, wretched man that I am. Remember in Romans 7? Who can free me from this body of sin and death? Oh, thank God, it's my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, in my heart, I want to follow God, but because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. Paul was saying that after 28 years of serving God. We still got this sin nature that doesn't, it's still with us. We have to learn how to master it. It's tough, it's stubborn. Like I said before, you don't know how strong your flesh is why you say no to it. When it wants something, you say, nope, I'm not doing it. You start crawling and getting angry and bitter because you can't have your way. Am I right or wrong here? Let's be real. We know the struggle, I know the struggle. Believe me, the first the devil attacks the leader the most to get me back into the flesh. So then I can help you get back into your flesh. But now I'm not here to make your flesh happy. I'm here to kill your flesh and make God happy. How's that? If you want to be happy in the flesh, you're in the wrong place. Christianity is love in the spirit, not the flesh. 
There's a lot of mis there's a lot of misunderstanding out there in the, in the in the in the Christian world. Okay, John 15. John chapter 15, go there. Yep, chapter 15. Everybody there? I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. Now, first you have to understand the way Jesus loves you. Before you can what? Love each other the same way he loves you. Once you understand that, then it goes on to say in verse 13, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. It's an ultimate sacrifice. Instead of doing what you want, you do what your, what your, what your love tells you to do for others. That's what charity is, love in action. Denying self and what I want for the benefit of God and his people. Can I get an amen here? That's what maturity is all about. It's not about me anymore, it's about him and what I could do for him. How can I serve you? Remember when we watched the Lord's Supper? Jesus, God himself, had a bowl filled with water, took off his thing, and he started washing people's feet. God himself. That is the example for a Christian. He wants you to do the same thing. Now, does he want you to wash people's feet? Not literally. Unless you want to, I mean, hey. I mean, it's not something that I desire to do, but the whole principle is, as a Christian, we're not to be served. Where to what? Become servants. And to serve others. And to deny ourselves to become like Jesus. If you're going to become like Jesus, you're going to do what Jesus did. Can I get an amen here? And that's the principle of spiritual growth. That's what becoming perfected is. That is becoming mature in the faith. Okay, in verse, that's the 10th principle. Forgiveness is the soil that allows unconditional love to grow. Forgiveness is the soil that allows unconditional love to grow. So often, Okay, people hurt us and we become a victim of their sin. While we may get over it, we don't always want we don't always do the work of healing ourselves from that pain. The main solve of healing is to forgive those who have hurt you. Forgiveness is so important to Jesus that he not only tells us to forgive 70 times 7 but also warns us that if we don't forgive others, he won't forgive us. Those are harsh words. A lack of forgiveness leads to anger, disappointment, and when unchecked, bitterness. And bitterness becomes the root of not loving others. I get an amen here. If left unchecked, that root will burrow into the ground so deep 
it becomes almost impossible to uproot it. You hear about families that have problems from years ago. The anger and bitterness rooted into their lives and they can't get out of it and they can't forgive. That's how deep, the more you hang on to it each day, the deeper the roots grow that you can't pull them out. And then you have a split family for the rest of your life because of it. That's how poisonous it is. That's what the Bible says. Don't let the, po the root of poison root of bitterness rise up in you. It's poison. It's spiritual poison when you get bitter towards somebody. That's why it says don't let the sun go down while you're still angry because anger gives a foothold to the devil. So it says what? At the end of the day, clear the slate. Like God cleans the slate with you. You have unforgiveness? Forgive. And what? Ask God to help you forget. And don't bring it up again. Forgiving someone and not forgetting is not forgiving. Can I get an amen here? Thank you. All right. Now listen. Yet, when we let others out of jail, of the jail cell of unforgiveness, listen to me now. They are free to love themselves, and we are free to love them in a new way. That is unconditional love's power. Unconditional love might be a foreign concept to you, but it doesn't have to be. When we love, forgive, and see others with new eyes, because we have let Jesus meet our needs for love and intimacy, we are set free. That's the power of Jesus' death afforded us. Unconditional love is available to you today. Will you love others the way Jesus loves you? Go with me to Colossians chapter 3. Now, we talk about the things that God loves, but we also have to remember the things that God hates. We're not going to leave that part out to get the full understanding. Colossians chapter 3. We're going to go to verse 12. Since God, oh, let you get there. I hear the page is still going. It's important. I want you to see this. I want you to read this. This is very, very important as a Christian to understand the principles of the Bible. Since God chose you to be the holy people that he loves. So Jesus said, you didn't choose me, I chose you. God chose us all to be the holy people that he loves. You must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must. Forgive others. How about an amen there? We're reading the scriptures here now. This isn't me. This is God talking to you. Above all, 
clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Agape love is what binds this church together. Spiritual love. We love each other in the spirit. In the flesh, we're going to find differences and not like things about each other. But in the spirit, we love each other unconditionally in this church. Can I get an amen? amen. And that's the way it should be in any church. Not hold anything against anybody or talk about anything or anybody. We're supposed to encourage and build up people, not wear them down and tear them down. Can I get any men here? Where people seem to find fault with people, that's their whole goal in life, to find out what's wrong. And guess who's controlling you? The devil is. So don't think because you're coming to church and you're still looking for everybody's faults that Jesus is with you. No, you're with the devil. You can sit in church all you want and still be following the devil. Especially if you're full of gossip and slander and looking at everybody else's faults instead of your own. Can I get a big amen here? This church is going to transform. By the time we go home to be to heaven, we're going to be like, Lord, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to go home to be with you because I'm living the way you want me to live down here. The reason why I go to church and the reason why I got saved. How about a big amen there? That's what he built this church on. Now it says, verse 15, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. So let the peace that comes from the word of God rule in your hearts. Listen what it says. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Now, can everybody in here say, I'm always thankful? Or can we say, boy, I complain a lot. <laughs> complain about the weather. Complain about the church. Complain about the people. Complain about the car. Complain about the job. Complain about the wife. Complain about the kids. You can say ouch because it's true. <laughs> Always be thankful. I'll tell you what. I'm thankful for my kids. Even though they always do what I want them to do now. But I'm thankful God gave me kids. Because it what? gives me responsibility. Gives me accountability. Gives me a purpose. To raise a family. I'm glad I got a wife. That she always... <laughs> <laughs> No, but I'll tell you what. She loves me unconditionally, enough to tell me what's wrong with me. And what's right. But listen, God's love isn't always, oh, it's okay. No, God's love is confrontational. He chastens us to change us. We need a good spanking every so often because we get out of his will. And thank God he loves us that way. And that's because he has to get in our face sometimes and tell us, look, you're going down the wrong road. And he might use an unbeliever to tell you that. Because Christians are really too soft on each other. You know? But the unbelievers aren't. Yo, Joe Christian. Didn't you just say you were a Christian? You have to just talk to me like that? Right in your face, they'll get with you. They'll hold a Christian card over your head. Always remember not to give him any reason to criticize you. Now, verse 16. 
Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. What does it say? Let it become not, not just an hour in church. Let it fill your lives. Let it become part of you. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. When you get together with Christians, do you teach and counsel each other with the word of God? Or are you bringing the world into the subject? We're supposed to bring each other, encourage each other in the word of God and leave the world behind. Can I get an amen here? These principles are important for us so we can grow. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives you. Listen, if you're hunting for God, you're in that word, he's going to give you a lot of wisdom. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with a thankful heart. Now look at verse 17. I leave you with this verse. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to him to God the Father. He says we're God's ambassadors. Whatever you do and whatever you say, you represent Jesus Christ when you're not here and when you are here. So when you have that circulating in your mind, you're going to be careful with your words and what you say. It's important that we store this in our hearts so we can actually carry it out. So I don't want to misrepresent God the way I live. I want to represent him right. Like I tell him, I'm working on putting that fish on my deck on the back of my car. I'm going to get there. Just like you look, it's not, a, it's not perfection. He's maturing us. We start to want to do his will. Not because we have to, because we want to. Out of sheer love for what he did for us. Can I get an amen here? All right, we're going to close there. Next week, we're going to talk about the things that God hates. So then we can really understand this. All right, thank you for letting me share that. I'm going to call the ushers up to take up the collection, and we're going to close. All right, we're going to stand. Brittany's going to come up and sing. We're going to close. All right, we're going to sing the song of Pessy Lips.
Hazır be. Değil, makama bir kloza. Thank you. Lord, we're so grateful and thankful for this beautiful church, Lord. And for a pastor who studies so hard and be able to preach the truth in your word, Lord. Thank you, Father. Lord, I just pray that we realize just how truly lucky we are to have a God that loves us so much that he had his one and only son, our Lord and Savior Jesus, one of that cross for the forgiveness of our sins. So, Lord, the next time you might want to complain about something, Lord, I just pray that you convict us and just remind us of all the things you do and have done in our lives, Lord. And the only thing we should be doing is worship, honor, and glorifying you, yes, Lord, Lord. while loving others with that same kind of unconditional love that you have for us. And Lord, I just pray that you continue to watch over the church and our families, Lord. And I just pray that you would touch our hearts, Lord, and the hearts of those who walked on the live feed, Lord, and give us the desire to want to support and give back to the church more, Lord. So we can continue to restore your beautiful house, Lord, and the pastor be able to continue to get the truth of your word out there to all the people. Yes, Lord. Right. Greatness and holy precious to you. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. All right, the service is over. Have a great day. Until we meet again, God bless. Peace.